We're in a series. This is seven, six, seven. And it's as First Lady said, we're talking about purpose, destiny, because these are the last days. Don't, don't fall asleep on me now. And if, if God is assembling, picture this, if God is assembling a body up as people die and go home to be with the Lord, there are four, how many know the church is a body? So that body's being formed up in heaven. Who's the head? Jesus is the head, and then it forms as people go home to be with the Lord. If this is the last generation, what part of the body is left to be formed? These boots are made for stomping, and they're going to stomp all over the enemy. Yeah, this last generation is the feet of the body. Boy, when that goes up, it's all over. Nothing left but a shadow. So we're in this series because in these last days, we have got to figure out in little ways and in large ways what God is, how God is wanting to use us. What our purpose is, what we were made for. Everything in this room was made for a purpose, including you. You're not just random. Your parents may have told you you're an accident. But there are no accidents. You might have been a surprise, but you weren't an accident. Is that okay? (laughs) There are no accidents in God. You were meant to be born when you were born. In the family you were born, you may not like that family, but you were meant to be born in that family. There's a reason for that. You were born in America. Thank God for that. And, there's, and we need to discover that. So let's, And last week we talked about crushed and we talked about grapes, right, becoming wine. And that means you have to be crushed. I never get an amen when I say that. It means you have to go through a process. You don't just snap your fingers and one minute you're grape and the next minute you're wine. There's a process, a process that you have to go through. And I might get into this a little bit more later, but I think T.D. Jakes said this. It was, so, it was so good. Most preachers, they love to preach on the promise. And most of us focus on promise. But we don't want to talk about the process. Because every promise has a process. Oh, I'm, I'm mess- this message is already... Imagine a bow and arrow. How many know if you want that arrow to go forward, you first have to pull it back? And sometimes God has to pull you back and cause tension and a little bit of stress. And he pulls back, and the further back he pulls, the further and the more energy that that arrow will have to hit its target. 
And some of us are not willing to go through the process. So our little arrows go like, poop. I should have brought a bow and arrow, right? That would have been a great illustration. Poop. But then I know I would have hurt somebody. Broke the TV or something. There is a process. Luke chapter 5. Let's get into the word real quick. Luke 5, verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. Mm -hmm. But put, uh, put new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are pre... So there's two things going on here. Wineskin, that's the church. And the wine is the Holy Spirit. And a lot of churches, they get, they get blessed on Sunday, but they're not willing to change. So the blessing's gone by Monday. In fact, some churches get into conflict and fight and split when God moves because the new wine comes in, but they're not willing to change, so it bursts. Well, I just explained a whole lot that's going on in the church world today in just one minute. Amen. I don't need to spend any more time on that. What, what is that? The, these wineskins, you understand, it's like goat skins. They, they can only, once they're stretched, they can only stretch so far. Right? So if you put new wine in an old wineskin that is already stretched, and we all feel like we're stretched as far as we can be stressed, stretched. But if you put that new wine, it, exp it, blow it expands. The gases in it expand, and it's going to burst that old wineskin. So you got to get a new wineskin, and I believe God has given us a journey, a new wineskin for the new wine. And we're ready to expand. We're ready to reach whatever, wherever God wants us to reach to. My, 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 my. But new wineskin must be put into, into new wineskins. Both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Another way of saying that is, well, preacher, we've never done it that way before. Or we've done it that way and it didn't work. Or I just don't like change. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you don't like change? You're in the wrong church. How many know we change on a dime here? We don't put it, you know, we don't ask a committee, can we change? We just go with the Holy Spirit. Amen. But there's this thing that says the old is better. I'm used to what grandma had. I'm used to this. I, I, this is different. This can't be God because it's different. Oh, the old is better. No, the old is just comfortable. That's not better. It's just comfortable. I'm just used to that. But yet God is saying new wine is living. There's a culture in there. Oh. There's a culture in that wine. There, there's something in that wine that's living, that's moving, that's expanding, that's breathing. Amen. And it's going to change what it's poured into. Woo. So you've got to be ready. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with 
new wine, but you got to honor the Lord and you got to obey his word. Amen. And if you'll do that, that's tithing, right? The first fruit, but not just tithing money, but tithe all that, you know, give him the first of your time in the morning. Give him, you know, if you read a lot, make sure you read the scriptures. If you have certain gifts and abilities, make sure God gets the best of that, right? And then your barns will be filled with plenty. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Now, let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. How many know we are a vineyard? My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. Aren't we on a hill? Hmm. He dug it up, cleared out its stones, planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in the middle of it and also made a wine press in it. So he expected, say he expected. He expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. He says, it's not what I planted. I got something else. Sometimes the Lord, you know, people get saved, but they don't turn out the way they're supposed to turn out. Oh, you're not going to amen me there. It's true. Because they run, they do their own thing, and they, will, and they won't go through the process that they have to go through because it's painful. So they just stay where they are, and they're called, they're grapes, but they're wild grapes. And they never get crushed, they never get pressed, and they never become wine. They just eventually fall off the vine. Oh, There's so much to this sermon, I could preach three hours, you know. You know, I mean, some of you, you're just going off on this. I don't even need to go there. So watch this now. because Let's look at the crushing process. It's not just about crushing the grapes. Watch this. It's about breaking the skin. The skin doesn't make wine. And, but the skin is important. Without the skin, that grape would never have existed. So sometimes we hang on to things that got us here. But then we're not willing to let it go because what got you here is not going to get you there. there. Listen, you're going somewhere else. And so there are things you need to let go of to get to where. You say, yeah, but I've, all my life this is the way. No, no, no. That skin, has, we crush it so it breaks. We talked about the last week about horses. You don't tame horses. You, you break them. If you tame them, they lose all their vitality. But if you break them, they're still vital. But now they have a purpose. And that energy is directed in the right purpose. Can I get an amen? Remember this in Luke 22, verse 29. Let me illustrate it another way. Uh, I bestow upon you a kingdom, Jesus said, just as my Father bestowed one upon me. How many know he wants to give you a kingdom? Wow. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, that's the 12 disciples, but how many know that, that blesses us as well? And the Lord said, all of a sudden he says, yeah, I've got all this for you. Promise. Say promise. He said, listen, you 12, God's really going to use you. 
I mean, eventually, this is going to be amazing. Hey, Simon. 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 He probably thought, yes, Lord. Here I am. Number one disciple. Uh, Satan has asked for you. Oh. That he may sift you as wheat. My God. Well, I know, Lord, you're going to stop that, right? But I've prayed for you. That your faith should not fail. No, 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 no. No, no, you're supposed to say, I prayed for you so that it won't happen. Right? We're always praying, Lord, deliver me out of this. And the Lord's up there shaking. No. I'm not praying you get out of this. I'm praying that your faith won't fail in this. Because you're going through this. You need to go through this. And you'll be better off when you're done with it. Oh, come on and praise you. And, 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 and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. In other words, there's a purpose in the process to get you to the promise. Lord, that's a sermon. That's a sermon right there. There's three Ps. Hallelujah. How many are still here? Oh. You see, you see, he said, he wants to sift you. What does that mean? When you when you pluck the weed, when you get the weed out, you have to you have to that grinding stone. You know you know what I'm talking about? And the oxen would move and that big round stone would grind. Why is it grinding the wheat? It's trying to break open. See, the kernel is protected. And it needed to be protected. But there comes a point, if it's going to serve its purpose, it has to lose its protection. So it breaks the outer shell. Breaks it. And then they come in with a pitchfork. This is why the devil has a pitchfork. You thought it was a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. He's just serving God's purposes. But he takes that pitchfork. How many hate it when that happens? And what do they do? They throw it in the air. They wait for a good wind environment. Good seed. Good soil. But you need a wind. And they throw it up in the air. Have you ever been? They throw it up in the air, and the wind blows the shaft that is much lighter than the seed. And and it blows all that shaft off and the seed, the kernel, drops to the ground. Simon, the devil wants to sift you as wheat. Don't blow the process. Don't misunderstand the process. Don't try to get out of the process. Just hang in there. Amen. Just endure the pitchfork. Endure the throwing up in the air of your life going topsy-turvy. Just endure it. Just hang on. Just trust it. I have a word for you. Jesus prayed for you. He's praying for you. You're going to get through this, and when you get through the process, you will find the promise.
purpose. And the purpose, give him praise, amen. Man, I'm still hot, but I can't take this off. John chapter 2. You still here? It's not going to be much longer. It's only been 15 minutes. Give me five more. Okay. John chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus' first miracle. How many know what it is? On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Boring. We got to go. And then when they ran out of wine... The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her with an attitude like most sons would have towards their mother, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? What does that have to do with me? I'm just here having a good time. I was just invited to this wedding, minding my own business, and mom comes and says, you need to fix this. It's not my wedding It's not my problem. It's not even my time. I don't know that Mary has ever seen him work a miracle. I don't know. Maybe when he played with his little toy trains, he actually made them go around the track without batteries. (laughs) Mary's like, this boy is special. I don't know. I don't know. What does this have to do with me? Listen, my hour has not come. This is the wrong timing. It's not time for me to do a miracle. His mother ignored her son, said to the servants, not the bride and groom, not the mother of the bride, not the person over the wedding ceremony, said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. She didn't know what he would do. I don't know that she knew he could work miracles, but she knew there was something in him that he was made to fix people's problems. Oh, that should have blessed you. So there are were, were six big old water pots of stone. In fact, they, 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 they found these, and they think they know what it is. And, and according to the matter of purification, there, there were for people to wash their hands and so forth. And each one contained 20 or 30 gallons of, of water. Uh-huh. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. They filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now. Take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And it's like, like Here, here's a sip of water. <laughs> and when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, it did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he says, and he said to them, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. You all know why, right? Yeah, you all are ex-something or other. You know what I'm talking You put the good stuff out first, and then later on, the bad stuff, you don't know the difference. <laughs> Set out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. So here it is. 
The problem here is identity. Why is this a big deal? Who cares? It's a big deal. These were major social events. Even today, you're right, you kind of make a statement, I guess, maybe not intentionally, but how many people are there, how much money is spent on the wedding. It was a really big deal back then. And not only that, people married for different reasons. Now it's all about love. I'm in love. It's probably lust, but whatever. Hey, I'm in love. It's all about emotions. Now they say things like, well, I fell out of love. They married for different reasons back then. A lot of times, maybe even most of the time, it's a financial reason of uniting families, uniting incomes. So hopefully you tried to marry up. That's where that expression came from, financially, that, so that, you know, you're, you're, you're maybe, maybe the bride is from a lower income. And if you can marry somebody from a higher income, listen to me, that was probably the only way you could move up. This isn't the United States of America. This is Israel, right, in the year zero. So marrying, and kings would do this if you study history, right? Kingdoms, what they, they would sell, they would, they would say, here, you marry my daughter, and then our kingdoms would be, would be together. We won't war on each other because our kids are married. It was a way to do truces. It's a way to raise money. It was a way to move up in the world. So weddings are very important, and, you're, and everything's wrapped up in your identity with that wedding. That's why Mary's concerned, because if they run out of wine, that party sizzles in a negative way. It's, it fizzles is what the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Sizzle is good. Fizzle is bad. I should go home. The whole thing would just fizzle. I mean, it, it, would be, it would be dishonoring. It would be embarrassing. It would be something the women would talk about for 10 years. Remember that wedding? With, oh, that went bad. And the whole family could have been affected. This is a serious financial and societal event that's about to go south really fast. And it's going to be bad. Or, yeah, they act like they got money, but they couldn't even afford enough wine. to. They, they can't even organize a wedding. They can't even figure out how much wine they need. They knew how many people they invited. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This is about to go south in a really bad way. And Mary realized it and said, we've got to help them out. It's about identity. The new wine is about your identity. It's about getting you where you need to be in God and do the things God is wanting you. Here's another point. God's working even when we don't even know we have a need. The bride and bridegroom, I don't know that they ever knew it. I don't know if they ever found out. Maybe afterwards. The head of the way. Apparently, nobody even knew the wine was running out. No one knew about the miracle except Jesus and apparently the disciples 
and the servants. You know, sometimes God reveals things to people who serve and not to the people who lead. Hello. So the ones in charge had no clue. Listen, God's working even when you don't know you have a need. You don't know the wine's running out, but he's already working to make sure that the wine will come through for you. Ah, praise God. Amen. Not a lot of amens. I guess I'll move on. Third point is this. It's really all about the timing. It's all about. Now watch this. Jesus was God, right? I'm going to make an assumption. I assume that if he's God, he knew this was going to happen before it happened. I guess. I can't prove that, but how many think maybe since he's God? So maybe he came to the wedding knowing they were going to run out of wine, knowing that he's probably going to have to step up, knowing, but yet, Mary comes up, and he acts all surprised, and he says, what's that got to do with me? Because watch this. There is a certain timing that we see in the natural, and in the natural, I don't know if you're going to get this, in the natural, it wasn't his time. You don't start a ministry with a secret mini- secret miracle. You know, I don't know. I don't know that you your first miracle <laughs> is turning a hundred gallons of water into wine. I, that's not Church of God. You will lose your license over that miracle. How many know that doesn't make sense? And, and why? And, and, he, and he's going to keep it a secret? How many know most preachers, if there's a miracle, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna broadcast it. We're going to tell everyone. We're going to buy a bus and travel around the country, right? We're, we're going to let everyone know. But No, Jesus says, we're not going to tell anybody. We're not going to tell the guests. We're not going to tell the bridegroom or the bride. We're not going to tell their parents. We're, not, you know, we're just going to let, let the main guy sip it. That, that, we, he doesn't even know where it came from. Only the guys down at the bottom are going to know. Even when it seems in the natural that it shouldn't happen, that it doesn't make sense, that it's not even time for it to happen, God still is moving because his timing is not our timing. That's the only way I could figure that out because Jesus knew it was going to happen, and yet he said it wasn't his time. It seems like he's doing something that he doesn't want to do. Doing something that it's not time to do. The only way to reconcile that is in the natural, it didn't make sense. But in the supernatural realm, he was fixing something that needed to be fixed. God will do things that don't make sense sometimes in your life. But trust him and lean on him and he'll turn your grapes into wine. He'll turn water into wine. Give him a praise. Amen. Let's, let, let, let's worship. Let, let, let's, let's, begin to, let's begin to worship. I, I like this last thing. Let me just say this. He saves the best for last. He saves the best for last. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let me read you. Let me leave you with this scripture. Verse 16. Therefore, do not lose heart. 
Even though our outward man, the natural man, is perishing, yet the inward man, the spiritual man, is being renewed day by day. And that's not just about getting old. It's about what we got to go through. And even though we're getting beat up sometimes on the, on the outside, God's building something strong on the inside. For our light affliction, Paul can say that, which is, but for a moment, is working for us. Say that with, it's working for us. What you're going through is working for you. Depression, fear, anxiety, doubts, all, that's work, yeah. Are you a Christian? You believe God's in charge? Then what you're going through is working for you. I know you don't like it. I know some of you were like, ah. but God can take what the devil meant for evil and turn it to good. He can use, he used his own death, crucifixion, and burial to save you. Is working for us a far more exceeding the new wine and eternal weight of glory. Wow. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And can I add the things we don't understand and the things we can't figure out? They're all eternal. Can I read this in another version in the message, in the message Bible? Listen, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. I might have to take a minute and just, just apply this to my life right now. Just, do you mind if I just get blessed for a minute? There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now. He's working. He's crushing some grapes. He's turning water into productive wine. Things we can't see now will last forever. 